Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Executive. So excited to be joined by Kevin McGarvey of Hippo Health, a you, uh, health tech platform that's connecting physicians and patients through virtual care, which is really amazing. Um, so good to have you here today. Great to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me on. So what I found was so interesting about your company is you started in 2019, <laughs> so you're ahead of your time before COVID happened and everything went virtual. So clearly you saw a need for this in 19 when um, probably not everyone yes. else did. So tell me about that story and how everything came to fruition. Absolutely, yeah. So as an emergency physician, uh, I felt the modern day care experience was broken uh, in large part due to lack of easy communication between not just patients and providers, but in between care teams for better care coordination for patients. Uh, working in the emergency department, uh, just saw patient after patient that would land on our doorstep that uh, didn't really need to be there mm -hmm. if the right providers had been able to just talk to each other for a couple of minutes uh, to help solve that patient's problems. And so after my medical group got acquired and after our team had worked on a number of telemedicine platforms, uh, we decided to start our own company that we thought would meet a need in the market uh, for the ability to better connect patients with the right providers at the right time. Uh, for better care. And uh, with working on a number of telehealth platforms, we found that it was really challenging to be able to talk to our own colleagues as clinicians in local communities for that last mile of care and yeah. being able to refer a patient and coordinate care. Uh, so we, we built a platform that ena enabled not just patient-to-provider communication, but also provider-to-provider -provider communication. And we, we launched it here in Colorado in uh, 2019, um, before COVID. Yeah. And uh, then uh, after having about 25% paid user growth month over month for the first few months, uh, we had COVID hit and yeah. we had about 1,200% paid user growth in two weeks. Wow. Uh, so went from just a handful of visits happening on the platform uh, to, you know, I think we had 14,000 visits a month when uh, when COVID was first um, unfolding, and so yeah, it was it was definitely quite a ride during yeah. um, during that change in the whole world. Yeah, <laughs> so, went virtual. Yeah, and so you know you take COVID out of the equation is a big challenge then that you know twenty or whatever percentage of patients just truly don't need to go in to the hospital for either emergency care, and they could just be diagnosed over the phone pretty easily. Yeah, I think that was that was a lot of our initial hypothesis was that if um, there was better communication happening, uh, again, kind of getting that patient to the right um, care source, uh, that patient wouldn't need such a high level or high cost of care that that happens in the hospital. Got it. So they're going so. to the wrong person too, and they're just not. At the yeah, right they just care don't center. know. I mean, yeah. um, healthcare can be pretty opaque and. Um, uh, it's probably more along the lines of 60% of patients going to the emergency department could be treated in the outpatient setting, uh, given the right care coordination and, and communication flows. So Interesting. Yeah. It's, and so you're creating a marketplace, right? So you're building out the physician <laughs> piece as well as all the patients. Really hard yeah. to create at the same time. It is, yeah. It's definitely a challenge doing a two-sided marketplace. And uh, obviously, you know, COVID catalyzed a ton for us. Um, uh, we, you know, simultaneously had rapid growth. We also had a lot of players just uh, enter the market like Zoom Healthcare, yeah. Doxy.me, number of platforms. And uh, so now we're, we're basically 
focused on several niche verticals within healthcare that can have complementary sort of synergies between each other. And so we've built out more of the technology around not just clinic-based telemedicine, but also more recently uh, ambulance-based or EMS-based telehealth. And then uh, June 1, we just brought on a new CEO, uh, Eric Orm, that's helped scale a couple of health tech companies from about our stage to 100 million and uh, is uh, an expert and 100 times better than me in sales and marketing. So uh, uh, we're expanding our strategy and so really excited for kind of the next nine months as we, we roll out into several new new verticals. That's really interesting. So you're, you, you brought in a new CEO mm -hmm. and you're you know, taking <laughs> almost a, you're, you're stepping into a new role. Yep. What's that like as a founder to, to make that decision? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, uh, it's been really great for me. I yeah. think uh, it's something where I've, I've learned a ton over the last few years um, uh, as uh, a founder and CEO. And I think we've built a, a really great product and a lot of great use cases. Um, but also knowing uh, what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. Um, bringing in someone that, that can really uh, complement some of my uh, uh, weaknesses yeah. uh, around, uh, you know, uh, as an emergency physician, um, I understand the clinical use cases, but I've, I've not scaled companies. Um, yeah. Eric has. And so, yeah, I just feel so blessed and grateful to have him on board for kind of this next stage of, of growth for the business. So. Yeah. And so your focus going forward, is going to be into kind of product market fit, or what, what would you say your priorities yeah, would be? Yeah, so it'll be with um, being the product owner, basically, okay. uh, chief product officer for the, for the platform, and then uh, just, you know, helping with fundraising, all, yeah. all the other hats as well. So. Right, there's a lot of hats. <laughs> yeah. As, you know, as the founder, you know, what, what has been surprising about this journey? You know, either what that was, you didn't expect it to be so hard or it would have been really helpful to had someone told you some advice early on. Oh, what, boy. What's been surprising to you on the journey? What surprised me? Yeah, you know, um, uh, it's definitely been... Uh, a challenge uh, for, for my own wellness and balance. Mm -hmm. um, uh, with my work and career prior to doing a startup, even though emergency medicine's very stressful at times, you can kind of turn the pager off and, and yeah. step away and, and recharge. And I think with the startup and um, how we've invested into the business, uh, it's it's been 24-7 and so, um, being able to uh, compartmentalize, I think, is something that uh, I wish I had known how to do a better job of. Mm. Um, and then, you know, at each phase of the business, we brought people in, and I think, um, you know, uh, we're at this stage right now where I'm just really excited to have a, a partner um, and, and visionary uh, to, to work with, like Eric. So, were you a solo founder then? Uh, so it was founded by a group of physicians, actually, okay. uh, and then we spun it out of the medical group um, uh, when my medical group got, a, got acquired. So um, I think our original uh, founding physician team was like it was like 30 emergency physicians. <laughs> That's a lot of opinions. A lot of opinions. Yeah, <laughs> where you need to strike that balance, right? Where you have someone to lean on ask advice for and bounce ideas off, but not have too many cooks in the kitchen probably. Yes, yeah, so um, 
it's definitely been a learning experience coming from what we called a democratic emergency physician group where it's a lot of cooks in the ki kitchen to more of the kind of the efficient startup decision-making process so and as you grow this marketplace you know mm -hmm. that it's really obvious as you know a consumer to be like yeah that'd be really nice just to go on the app and get help immediately and not have to go somewhere right um, but for the physicians what is the real value add for them are they are they yeah. doing this full time? Or are they behind you know a Zoom screen per se, like for the whole day? Or how does it work on their end? So one thing we've seen just with COVID is um, you know uh, healthcare providers around the country have just um, been hammered with uh, having to deliver care and deliver care in a way that's um, really taxing and stressful at times. Um, so. Uh, there's actually, I think, a lot of physicians and, and care professionals that are looking for new ways to deliver care and uh, ways where they can be uh, working from home, uh, be able to help people and, and, and deliver in a way that they're, they're making a good income, yeah. um, but also, you know, they're, they're not as in kind of the, the stressful trenches of an emergency department or a hospital day in, day out. So. Uh, we think that our model can help stripe kind of a, a healthy balance for a lot of care professionals that, that are looking to uh, deliver care in a, in a new way, an innovative way, but uh, also not, not bear the, the burden and stress of, of yeah. the traditional system. And, and then a lot of, are a lot of your customers also insurance companies that you're benefiting because they're, that person doesn't go to the ER that didn't need to and they didn't have to incur that expense? Is that customers too? Yeah, so, so our model is really a, a B to B to C model. So okay. uh, we uh, provide the software to the care professionals and then they uh, will be billing the insurance plans. Uh, over time, uh, we might be doing more direct to payer relationships for population health. Uh, but the model we're in right now is really serving the, the providers and local markets that want to uh, deliver kind of a new form of care and, and create new revenue streams for their practices. And where do you, you know, virtual care is, I don't know if it's, I would say it's relatively new, but maybe it's, it's become more accepted in the last what, you know, two, three years. Mm -hmm. Where do you see virtual care going? Where, where can Hippo Health, what's your vision for Hippo Health? Yeah, I think, um, you know, now that most everyone has had an experience of, of getting virtual care and uh, we've had ebbs and flows with uh, the utilization of telemedicine and different specialties and different you know levels of care. Uh, we have a platform that is excellent with uh, the care coordination and referral piece. So we're focused on niches of healthcare that uh, really haven't been fully capitalized with telemedicine in this sort of way. So um, essentially, uh, we think we can start to address patients that are having more complicated medical issues, mm -hmm. more sort of intermediate acuity medical issues rather than just low acuity issues. Yeah. Um, so as, as an example, you know, we're, we're taking care of patients that, um, you know, are elderly with end-stage kidney failure or COVID pneumonia, um, congestive heart failure, uh, patients that are intermittently suicidal or anxious, um, and being able to 
really delivered a deeper level of care in some of these niche spaces. So uh, we have really six verticals that we're going to focus on uh, in the next next year, and um, being able to really have overlap between those verticals for referrals yeah. um, will allow us to go deeper, if that makes sense, in the level of care. And does it get to the point where you become someone's primary care, or the virtual, like that? that is Hippo Health is your primary care? Um, we would just provide the software, but there could be users on the platform, and there are users on the platform that, that are pure primary care physicians, yes. Okay. Um, but then ultimately, those providers will likely provide some care in person and some care virtually, just depending on, on the needs and the workflows. Which now, because you don't want to go somewhere, right? Like a lot of times you, you probably don't go as often as you should to your primary physician, and that could change that, right? Where it's so easy to talk to them on a regular basis, and then maybe it becomes more preventative care. Yes, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, we're looking at a number of different ways to deploy the system that'll, we think, help engage patients in a, in a better, healthier way than you might see if a patient's just, like you said, going to a bricks and mortar clinic for all of their care, yeah, so. And because we're at the uh, Colorado Venture Summit, I have to ask a question about mm -hmm. that. What, you know, obviously the Venture Summit is connecting founders and entrepreneurs with investors. You know, why, why come to this event for you guys? And, you know, how has everything going on in the world affected, you know, your conversations with investors? Yeah, this is the first time I've been to the summit. And uh, I got to say, it, it's been really, really great format. Um, uh, you know, hats off to the organizers. I think uh, Colorado's great in the way that the people that tend to show up for these sorts of events really want to help each other and, and things are uh, without many barriers. Um, so we're currently, you know, raising about 250K, uh, mainly from angels right now, and then looking to raise about 2 million by the end of the year okay. uh, to really help scale our model uh, across, across the country. So. And, um, and so you're having conversations with investors that are probably going to be hopefully the A, but trying to get ahead yeah. of that here. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, as uh, someone who's now been a founder and is now transitioning the role as well, what advice would you have for you know, other founders that you would have loved to have had at that time when you were starting? Hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, recognizing your strengths and your weaknesses and then surrounding yourself with... Uh, team members that can complement those strengths and weaknesses, uh, as well as just you know being open to uh, uh, new opportunities. Um, you know, there's I think a, a fine balance between having a vision and then listening to the market, finding the product market fit, as well as you know scaling a business in a competitive, um, high-risk environment. Uh, being able to uh, pivot as well as um, you know bring in leadership that can can help take things to the next level so on on product market fit how mm -hmm. hard is it and you know how do you avoid this of pivoting too much where you see something work and you go go all in and you realize it was maybe too early for that right how do you balance constantly changing your product to a lot of shiny objects uh, that's a that's a great question um, you know I think uh, Finding that that product market fit where you know the user is is delighted um, with the experience and something that you can then replicate and scale. Um, 
uh, with our product and with uh, the state of the telemedicine industry uh, and how we finance things with mainly bootstrapping to date, we, um, I think we are coming into a uh, finally kind of the product market fit fitting with the original vision of, of care coordination between multiple teams. Mm. Uh, so our journey has definitely been uh, one of several pivots. And I think, um, uh, you know, the, the story, uh, the ending of the book's not written yet. So yeah. I'll let you know if that's the right strategy or the wrong, maybe a year or two from now. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, love to end with if you have a favorite book, you know, either <laughs> about entrepreneurship or just in life in general that you definitely would recommend for others to read? <laughs> oh boy, jeez. Um, uh, I guess I'll, I'll go with a classic one. So um, it's, a, it's a classic one where it was written about older sort of large businesses, um, uh, good to great. Um, yeah. If you know uh, Jim Collins, he's, uh, you know, uh, just, again, uh, luckily become a friend and mentor to me over the years. He lives up in Boulder and, um, you know, uh, I think that is a, a classic text I always like to come, come back to and definitely uh, shaped a lot of my, my passions and motivations over the years, so. It's a great book. <laughs> I didn't realize Jim uh, lived in Boulder, so now yeah. uh, the secret's out, so I'll probably get a lot of reach outs for coffee now. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, Kevin, thanks so much. Yeah. Really exciting Matt, what you're building you. at Fitbo Health. Appreciate you being on. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely.